Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning out there. I want to I wanna begin before I start with our positive um, message that we've been starting our shows here at Off the Shelf with on Saturday mornings. I want to start by just sending blessings and well wishes to the folks in Florida and the Caribbean and coming up the East Coast and to the Carolinas where Hurricane Irma may hit. We know Texas got hit by Hurricane Harvey uh, not too long ago, and then two more hurricanes supposed to be uh, actually in development right now. So sending you love and best wishes and be smart, and, and you know, you're more invaluable than a house. You can replace a house, as they say, but uh, not you and the good works you're, you're here to do. So be safe and keep your family safe, and we're thinking about you and sending you love and warm wishes and a lot of smart thinking here from off the shelf. So wishing everybody the best. Um, and next we want to um, leave you with, start our show with our positive message, our quote for the day. And the, not sure who the quote is attributed to, so it's anonymous as far as who came up with it. But the quote is, Push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. I know I'm I'm guilty of this myself. We want somebody to come rescue us. And I think there's a lot of times why people even get married. I want somebody to come in my life. I don't have to worry about so much of me anymore, and I can just give them this part. But if, to really, really achieve our greatness, we have to really remember what we are who our creator is and what we are because we've forgotten. And then push yourself or allow yourself might be another word to achieve your greatness because nobody else is is or can do it for you. So I want to welcome you, welcome you with that message, and hopefully it's something you'll chew on for uh, this week until we see you next Saturday. But welcome to Saturday. Can you guys believe it's September the 9th? The leaves are already starting to change color and fall off. The trees, which I hope that I and you'll enjoy watching. I enjoy watching the seasons. The seasons change. Thank you so much for joining us here as we move into our 13th year. We have a wonderful. I think we're going to be blessed this morning. Uh, uh, awesome author who has a lot of real life things to share with us today for off the shelf, and I'm excited to introduce her to you. But before we do. Off-the-shelf listeners, I always ask you how good of a mystery sleuth are you and how important are relationships, not just romantic relationships. They're not the only relationships that influence and shape us. Our parents influence and shape us, our friends, the people we may have toxic relationships with. They influence us, and we influence them. We're here to maybe we're here to influence each other. So it's not just one type of relationship that does that. If you value that, you see the inherent good, the, the good possibilities in that in relationships. We know how we can steer each other astray, but we can also help get each other on a better or a right track as well. Again, if you value those things, I encourage you to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. You can get Love Pour Over Me in ebook or in print format. If you don't see it on the bookstore shelf, just ask the clerk to order a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney for you, and they can have it shipped to the bookstore, uh, especially for you, because Love Pour Over Me is carried by the largest book distributors world. So I hope you'll go out and get a copy. You could click over now to Amazon or Walmart or Barnes and Noble and get an ebook co- uh, copy of Love Pour Over Me, even as you enjoy today's show. And now let us go and meet our very special off the shelf guest. And our special off the shelf guest this morning is Teresa. I hope I say her name last name correctly. Teresa Arachia. I hope I got that right. Now, Teresa is a member of the Treasure Coast Writers Guild of Fort Pierce, Florida. Oh, she's in Florida. I hope she's not in the path of the storm. And in addition to being a writer, Teresa is a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. She graduated from the University of Delaware, West Virginia University, and Midwestern University Chicago College of Pharmacy. So she's she's she loves to learn. 
And Teresa is the author of the books Receive Their Messages, Hear Their Voices, and Whispering Messages. Again, Receive Their Messages, Hear Their Voices, and Whispering Messages. You can find out a little bit more about who's the they she's talking about. Receive Messages from whom? Who's Whispering Messages? And you can check Teresa out online at www.teresamoreccia.com, and I'm going to spell that, T-H-E-R-E-S-A-M-O-R-E-C-C-H-I-A.com. And again, T-H-E-R-E-S-A-M-O-R-E. C-C-H-I-A.com. We are, I'm, I'm excited, you guys. I'm so excited. We are honored and appreciative to have Teresa join us this morning on Off the Shelf Book Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf, Teresa. Well, hello, Denise. How are you? It's I so good to be good here. Time. And I want to say I am not in Florida now. Uh, we have our home in Delaware, so I am safe up in Delaware. But I have been watching the hurricane uh, progress in Florida, and each time I do and see the warnings, I just I just send angels. I say, please be with them, please be with them, and and that's all I do: send angels and to help and guide and protect the uh, the people. To, uh, everybody down there to guide them to uh, safe places and just direct them on what to do and how to do it also. Yes, yes, and, and I appreciate that for those of us who aren't there. And then, you know, like if you have family, uh, invite. You can invite them up. You can't make somebody come up, but invite them up, make them feel welcome, to let them know, you know, if you're looking for a safe place, you can come hunker down Absolutely. with us. So it, it, is, it is truly a pleasure to have you with us on Off the Shelf this morning. And, you know, so many guests we've had, I'm amazed at what they're going to do. We've had guests who've gone on uh, to be on, they're like CNN regulars, have their own show, one on TV, one regional TV, radio. It is just such an honor uh, to do this. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited at what you're going to share today and what you're going to do with yourself, your life in the future. But so before we launch in to today's uh, questions, I, I don't like to just go right in because we have a lot of guests who've come on off the shelf. But to give our listeners a little backstory on each guest, so the first three to four questions I ask all of our guests who come on the show. So to begin, Teresa, can you tell off the shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Okay, I grew up in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, and in a small town called Ellesmere, and um, I have three siblings, two uh, sisters and one brother. My father was an um, uh, iron worker, so uh, he worked to keep his family, uh, you know, educated, and we, I went to uh, Catholic school. Uh, grade school and high school uh, all together um, in you know in the town. Uh, it was a small one. I think I had like seventy one, seventy two graduating in my high school. So it was a small town, small town life. And then uh, after high school, I did not go to um, I did not go to college. I went to work, and then I found a friend, and uh, she. Uh, dated a guy from West Point, and I was so totally excited, so I wanted to go to West Point, and needless to say, I uh, fell in love with a West Point cadet and dated him for three years, and uh, we married, and I traveled around with him, but that was at the time of the Vietnam War, and uh, yeah, so he went over uh, to Vietnam, and he was a helicopter, trained as a helicopter pilot, and uh and then took a hit. So he, he was killed in action over there. So I was 25, and uh, that turned my life around. I mean, it was it was a shocker. I mean, I had I had an ideal life with my family. They were, everybody was quite loving. We had an extended family, cousins and all. And 
Um, and then this happens to me, and I was angry. I was so totally angry. I mean, looking at life, and that's when I questioned a lot. What is life all about? What is this? This not supposed to happen to me. Um, and I, I took a lot of time searching and being angry, and oh, long time just looking and and searching and trying to figure figure things out. And and in that time period when he was killed, um, I did go to college. Then that's when I started school, and. Uh, and then in school, I had no idea what, what I was going to take. I just took classes and and then just started developing things that way and searching, and things started opening up for me. Um, and I continued to do uh, from uh, school to graduate school, so that's where I went to West Virginia. And uh, things started – it was in West Virginia, I think, I really started to look around. I kind of like – open the curtain and start peeking out okay what's in there okay i'm i'm receiving life now I, i'm i can start handling what's going on and and i think that's where i started to returning and um looking at reading books and angels started coming into my life at that time excuse me but i didn't really know what they were i just started realizing I was receiving messages and direction, I started paying attention to them. My life got a whole lot easier then. And um, I, I just started following that, following my intuition, not realizing how guided I was, um, I was becoming. And then it was going through all that and then traveling different places uh, back to Washington, DC and, and stuff for different jobs that, um, I, I really paid attention to intuition, made my way back up to Delaware, and then I met my present husband. So that was 10 years in the making for, for that progress. And uh, so I've been married to uh, him for 34 years now. And uh, so life has gotten good. And then, let me see, I, I didn't go to pharmacy school until I was 45. <laughs> so, um, well, go ahead. and that was... Go ahead. Yeah. So if anybody says I'm too old, I'm going to hit them over the head and say, no, you're not. Um, And I know I was directed for that and went through, because of my background, I went um, through school in three years because I I had a big science background and made it through pharmacy school. And with pharmacy, I was out there and I was like, how... Am I just counting pills or whatever? But what happened is people were coming to me and with different things, and I was understanding what was going on. And, and I actually helped uh, several people. One person came back and said that I had saved her life because she was having a, uh, a, a stroke and didn't realize it, and I, I got her to the hospital. She was at my window, and uh, so I was talking to her about medicines, and I knew something was wrong, so we got her to the hospital. And it was things like that that was like, oh, it's, you know, I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be, and life is really st- making sense to me now. So, uh, how, how and let me see about for uh, that. And then I I just kind of evolved into meditating, and uh, a lot more came, and I started getting a lot of messages, and I would write them down, not really paying attention to what I was doing, and uh, I went back to start. And I started reading them, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I've got some good messages here. And I showed it to my husband, and I said, look what I wrote. And he said, you wrote that? <laughs> I said, yeah. And that's when I I knew that I was receiving messages and uh, words from the angels. And uh, I cleaned up my my first set of messages, and that's Hear Their Voices. That's my first book. Um, oh, okay. And so that I cleaned it up, you know, because it was just random messages that I was writing and realized that I was receiving words and it was the angels. And I started really developing um, a relationship with the angels and understanding and knowing them. So that's how all that's come to be in uh, probably a very long way. <laughs> well, when you were a little girl, well, two questions. First of all, how long for those who are struggling, because we do reach pet parts, and I think about this sometimes, and I did when I was a real little girl. It was amazing to me. I told the Lord I'd stay here if 
the Lord would talk to me. Because so many of us, it, it, what still amazes me is the Lord cr- creator, whatever, love creator, is not what we call it. But it created us, but it doesn't seem to know how to get through to us very effectively. And so when it doesn't get through, it's like the thing it created is blamed. It's some kind of way that's got to be fixed. So it's like, okay, it starts with point A. Point A can't get through to point B. It's something's got to be done to to, to fix mm-hmm. to fix that. But but what I wanted to ask you two questions. The first one was, how long between your your first husband passes? You you know we so many of us struggle with things, and I think a lot of our struggles. Some we can really understand, like somebody suddenly passed away, somebody you love is murdered. But then also some we just we worry about what other people are thinking. So some of our pain we bring on ourselves. We really choose to just rev ourselves up. So I wanted to ask you, after your first husband passed, how long was it though before you came out of a came to a point where you're like, Okay, I'm willing to at least be open to maybe looking at this a different way? Oh, at least, at least four, four to five years, at least four years. Wow. At least four to five years. Wow. It, it was a struggle and it, and then, and it was, it was a progress, but um, going through school, you know, and, and I could visualize how long it took because I went to at the University of Delaware, went to school basically to lose myself. To I was anonymous down there, so I didn't have to answer to anybody. I could just just kind of float around and read books and study. And um, then then things started opening up, and I started to have relationships with people, and um, found out you know people, the world was still going on around me. So, but that took me a, a good three to four years. To come to that realization, yeah. Wow, you know, and you kept going. You, it's a, it's, that's I did. I did. Were, it, it was. When you were, I'll have to admit, it was very, very hard. Um, and when people say, you know, I know your sorrow, it was like I think unless you really travel yeah. through it, you you yeah. don't. You 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 could say the words, but unless you felt the pain, the pain is. I th- I think it's the worst pain in your heart that you could ever, ever have without having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, that type of loss of people who lose their, I mean, I know a woman who just had come home from her mother's funeral and her only son had passed. So it's it's those types of things where you're like, yeah, you do have to walk through that to really know just how much that can hurt. Um, I I want to ask you next, what, what 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 did you dream of becoming when you were a kid? You went to college at University of Delaware, but when you were a little girl and you thought about, oh, this is what I want to be when I grow up, what did you dream of becoming? That's interesting because I never dreamed. I knew what I didn't want to be. Oh. Um, right. A lot of at my, you know, in, in my genre, most people were becoming teachers and nurses and I'm there. No, I, I'm not there. I'm not there, but I wanted to communicate with people. I wanted to be in the communication and, and talk and, and help, but I didn't know where that fit because of the genre put women in certain cubby holes. And so I didn't like doing that. <laughs> so that's, so I knew I was different, let's put it that way, um, because I, I just didn't want to be fit in a cubbyhole. But my dream was to just reach out and and expand and, and travel. I just, I, I had the travel bug in me from, oh, grade school, I think. I wanted to get out there and travel and do something with that and communicate. But but uh, not okay. teaching and not not nursing. And what do I go in? Pharmacy? And what am I doing? I'm teaching people. Isn't that all right? <laughs> oh, I was getting ready. I was going to ask you what inspired or birthed you, the writing in you, but you know what? It sounds like your path almost happened organically or very naturally. It didn't 
it, it sounds like a lot of where you ended up wasn't by conscious design. It was just you kind of just got there without really thinking about it. So I want to ask you this before we start talking about the angels in your books in particular. Do you believe, and I heard somebody say this once, and I didn't agree with it, and I don't fully now, everything that happens is supposed to happen. And despite what you're feeling or dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. This far, having the experiences you've had so far in your life, and this is just one person, there's other people with a zillion other experiences. Would you agree that no matter what's going on, you're right where you're supposed to be right now? For me, for me, I, I believe that I am. That because, And the reason being, I am real comfortable. I, I just feel it. I know it. If I'm in a situation and I'm real uncomfortable and getting negative feelings, um, just I, I just know it was like that is not supposed to be for me. I am I am so I ask for guidance to get out to move out. Um, so, so some things are meant to be um, for sure, but you always have to know you have free will. So when you have free will, things are presented to you, um, but whether they are supposed to happen. In in effect, are there is is your free will? So do you, are you to, are you? It, does it happen for you to experience it? And if you are, you will go through it easily. If you aren't and you choose it, you'll go through it difficult with difficulty. So there's another twist for you. <laughs> you know that's very interesting, and I've heard that said as well. And then, but then on the other end. I've had people say, I agree I, I agree with what you said, but I've heard some people say, oh, we go through struggles, like people in the Bible, uh, because God is trying to sharpen us or somehow take something out of us or bring something to our awareness or strengthen a part of us. So some people think the struggle is, yay, good, I'm being worked on, but I, I, I agree with you. I think you know, and this ain't going to work. I think you can right. you can fight it for a long time, but hopefully uh, something will happen to get you back on the right path. What was right? The like I said, like? if you are going through a struggle and you are handling it easily, it, it's like not a real struggle. It's you're experiencing it and you're growing your soul. And if you are moved through it easily and you know it, it, it is a struggle, but if you just kind of move through it, then it's meant to be. But um, and it'll be easy, and and I don't look at things as God doing things to us. I just think as uh, experiences are presented to us that we, you know, are meant for us to experience or not to experience free will. So, oh, okay. Yeah, does that make what, sense? What was it? It does. It it, it it makes sense. Yes. What was the experience like, Teresa, the very first time? Uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard before you go into that, the book, um, The Art of Allowing. There's this couple who said that they started hearing from angels. The the wife was meditating, and all of a sudden, after I forget how long she was meditating, her head would start to turn certain ways, uh, and she, then she started to realize she was getting messages, and whichever way it would move, it meant like something. Um, but I forget the couple's name. Uh, the Art of Allowing is a book. That's how she said she, it started happening for her. But what was the experience like when you first heard from angels? And Were you afraid? Did you think, this is only my subconscious mind talking to me? Did you doubt where it was coming from? Did you think, oh, my God, I'm going crazy? What, what, was, what was that first experience like? It, I wasn't afraid. I was, I was meditating, and then I felt, a feeling come over me, just like a whirling around me of uh, of good love, and what, and all of a sudden I felt this tingling going up my uh, my spine, and then my whole body just kind of moved. I felt I felt it move up. I mean, I'm not levitating or anything like that. I just kind of straightened up more, and I felt it, and I lifted my head, and 
I just felt totally surrounded and at peace. That that peaceful feeling was was overwhelming, just overwhelming. So then I knew that that uh, that angels or some higher being was was coming with me, was surrounding me, and and I, and I just said, you know, I asked, who is this? Who is it? And it the the angels, you know, the the picture of angels kept coming to me. So I I felt comfortable, and I said, okay, I. I receive you. So they're surrounding you, but they, they can't do anything until you open up and say, yes, you can come in. I, so I said, yes, you can. And, uh, and then as far as what the words I receive and are they my words? Is it my subconscious? It's interesting. I did question that in the beginning, but then when, as I was writing, I received their words and these stories are directly from them. And then I would start reading it a little bit, stop typing, read it, and then start typing again, say, Oh, I know how this story is going to go. And I start typing. And all of a sudden the words that were coming in my mind stopped. And it was like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And then something, something told me. So I backed out several sentences, sat there and waited. And then the uh, words would come and I would finish the story. And it was completely different from what I thought. So I, I really learned to work to keep my mind out of it. Ah, okay, okay. Um, mm-hmm. In whispering messages, that, that's your is that your first book, correct? No, whispering messages is my third. Hear their voices is my first. Oh, hear their voices. Why did you decide to put your angel experiences? And book form were the messages uh, that they were giving you specific for you, or what was happening? Was it like people around you that were the messages about? Is that why you decided to put it in book form? No, I I think I was directed on that. I as I went back to read them, I realized that there were um, the the stories had a lot of meaning to them, and uh, that I that I thought other people could benefit from. Um, and so I think the angels were using me um, to get these stories out. They're simple. They're they're easy to read. And, and that's what I saw. They're nothing like real heavy that somebody has to think about it because a lot of people just want something light, but it, it impacts them if when they receive it. So I evaluated all that. I thought, it's something just came, and I and I said, Michael, I I want to. That Michael's my husband. Uh, I says I want to publish this, and he said, What? And I said, Okay. And without thinking or talking, I just said Balboa Press. That was it. I mean, so I was directed on that, and and the words just wow. came, and because I said, Okay, I I want when I I think when I said I have something here, I think it's it's very meaningful, and he agreed. And, uh, and then I says, I'm going to do it. And then the whole door opened up. Ah, okay. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole, the mm-hmm. whole door opened. It's the amazing when you just start working with the angels and letting the other side help you. And, again, you still have free will. So you can say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they'll back off, and then you'll find out how hard life really is. So give us an example, uh, before you give a brief overview of whispering messages, give us an example. I don't think most of us hear from angels. Uh, I, I would say most people don't, but 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 I don't know that for sure. But give us an example of when, whether it's through an angel or, or some other, it could be for, like Christ, when you're being led by love, how, how, what's the difference between that because we live in a world where we make decisions. Am I going to wear these? These? Am I going to wear blue jeans or am I going to wear a skirt? Am I going to wear sneakers or am I going to wear sandals? We do have to use that part of our mind in this world. So it, it can be difficult. Then we have other people, like when I was talking about the book Love Pour Over Me, other people influencing us. Your parents says do this. Your supervisor says do this. The, the uh some local government says, "Stop! Slow down right here." There's a school. You, you. It's not what we get influenced 
to do things from so many angles, so many angles. How can a person know I'm on the right path? What what is that? What are some signs I'm going the right way? I know you said when it feels comfortable or it's easy, but you'd say I'm going the right way or oops, I'm going the wrong way. And before you answer, I think of people like Harriet Tubman, uh who is credited with doing more to stop slavery as a one person than anybody else in history. Slavery in the United States. She had a rough. I mean, at the beginning, I, she she tried to get some sense of freedom different ways, working to buy her freedom, and then that didn't work, and that didn't work, and that didn't work. Then she got on the Underground Railroad, but it was still struggles. People hunting her down for her life, but she knew she was doing the right thing. So it's not that it's going to be easy. What are some of the signs that I'm on the right path? Versus, uh, I think I need to throw on a towel. Oh, some of the signs. Well, for me, basically, I just feel, I could feel energy um, when I feel negative, uh, when thoughts come over me or or, um, we're about to make a decision. A a lot of times it was like my husband would say, how do you feel? And, And I'll think about it and... And I just get like like the image of of what the decision is going to be just seems like it's going away. It's not it's not enveloping me. It's it's at a distance. It's going away. And I just say I don't I don't feel comfortable about it. There's something wrong. Something wrong. We have to look for it. And uh, so I feel it. Uh, and then when I'm looking and thinking about what to do or a major decision I'll be walking along and I and I'll just tell the angels I'm struggling I I don't know you know give me your guidance they will not tell you what to do they will present to you and I'll just say I'm thinking in in this in this way I'm thinking I should do this um can you can you give me a sign should you know to go that way is that good is that with God and uh a lot of times on on a I have uh I will receive a feather as a sign from them that all is going right, all is in order. And that's why I have the a feather on two of my angel books. Um because that's what I receive. A lot of people I've heard, I've talked to, uh will see um a rainbow or something like that. But you don't have to necessarily see anything, but you just you just kinda know when I just think of you're you're looking for uh physical signs, am I correct? No, it doesn't have to be physical. I'm I'm thinking about not not myself in specific, but even for other listeners. So you said it you it just feels like even if you're in a struggle, like I gave a hair tummy right. example, is Exactly. But she knew deep within and I'm so when right she way. would be in one area and it was not working she knew to go to another. She kept trying her areas yeah. until she found the one that worked. But her her goal and what the angels were trying to get her to, or you know, her guides from the other side, um, were probably working to get her into that underground railroad thing. But she had to push these other things to see if that was the door to be open. Um, and when she, when it wasn't, she she was wise enough and. Uh, to move away and try another door, another door. But she knew, she felt it in her to, but when the door is presented to you, and that's what I tell people, open the door and find out what's in there. And if it's not right, close it and go to another one. Uh, uh, why, and, then you, and then you will wonder, again, like I said, uh, with the guy who wrote The Pursuit of Happiness, he said the cavalry is not coming. There's no nobody coming to rescue you. So you you get these doors presented to you. You open one and you go, oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> Shut it fast. <laughs> oh crap! I just I shouldn't have I shouldn't have married this person. Oh crap! I shouldn't have took this job. And then you 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 say, oh let me get out of here. <laughs> right. Right. And I've done you, that. I've, I've think, been in step in a, in a couple of jobs. It was like, oh dear, you know, I shouldn't be here. But 
I made the best of it. Okay, I'm going to learn something from here, but in the meantime, I'm there. Direct me. Please direct me out. Direct me out. And then I'd yeah. have to wait until yeah. they got, got the, everything in place to move me out. But, yeah, See, I've I opened the wrong doors. So I'm going in. <laughs> I think the thing that I know for myself, and I, was, I always feel like God should do this, just tell me where to go. Tell me the steps to take. Tell me you created me. So this all started with you. You you show me where to go. You tell me where to go. But it does not work that way. And then I want to ask you, do, do angels speak using words and the same language that the person they're communicating with uses? Some people are more emotional, so maybe they would use more emotion with them. Some people are very logical. They like to see things in step order. Do they communicate the same way the person they're communicating with generally communicates? They they will communicate uh, in in the manner that the person needs the person that they're working with needs to understand somebody that is um, determined and strong and stuff like that. They will come through strong. Also, somebody that's emotional, they have to be very careful and come at a way that. Uh, that emotional person can receive them without reacting. So, so yeah, that um, for each personality down here, they uh, they the angels will take on um, that personality or you know that that method to in order to get through to them. And sometimes they have to be strong. They almost have to hit you over the head. I mean, I know Michael Archangel is is a very strong one, and and he he he's come through. I he did the. Uh, uh, intro in my first book and what he has to say when he comes through he comes through loud and strong uh, but then there were other angels that were a lot softer with with what they were saying and I would have to ask them to speak louder now mind you I'm I'm receiving through my mind but but um, when someone is looking for direction with their life uh, the angels they they probably won't hear um anything coming through in their mind or, or things like that because they're so caught up with, with struggling. But the, the signs that the angels will send them, and signs could be a billboard, it could be um, a radio station, you know, uh, could hear the music or something. The words that are being played on the music could be directed just for that person. So there's all kinds of ways that they communicate, but they do communicate in such a way that the personality should be able to receive it. Ah, and then also, do they speak to us, Teresa, through 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 dreams? Do you do you, do we have our dreams? Because I know the subconscious is incredibly powerful. It is absolute. There's not a good psychotherapist that doesn't know the power of our own minds. I mean, they're incredibly powerful. So that's why I say sometimes it's hard to know. Did I just hear from something from my subconscious, or where, where, where did that come from? But Or do do angels speak to us through dreams? I know our subconscious mind will cause us to have dreams. Right, and, and you'll know if it's from the angels or, you know, the other side, Um because the subconscious is always playing, and when when you're sleeping, the stuff during the day, you know, starts sometimes replays in your mind. That's why a lot of people wake up and they say they can't sleep. But when you do dream and the angels come, you will remember it. Uh, it will be it will be strong, and it was like, oh my God, I thought about this, and this is this is what I saw, and it fits right in, or you know, it's. It's coming my way. You know it. I mean, it's it's strong. So, so that's why it's not from the subconscious. Subconscious dreams are like transient, and you'll wake up in, oh, I, I, you know, a transient dream would be, uh, you might be a, something happening at work, and it might be playing over in your mind and stuff like that, and and you'll wake up and say, oh my God, that person really made me mad. That's not from the angels. That's subconscious. Uh, but and it's transient. It just keeps playing in your mind, or, and then you go from one to the other. And you'll remember when you wake up only bits and pieces of it. When it comes from the other side, you remember it, and you remember it strong. And they're trying to get through to you to do something. It was like, you know, I saw this thing, and or you'll be walking down the street, and all of a sudden the picture of the dream will come, and that's where you're supposed to 
see something or react to something in that respect. Now, in Whispering Messages, can you give us an overview of the book? And then I want to ask you about soul development. Okay. Whispering Messages is is not with angels. Um, these are conversations that I had with Jesus. And, again, these ha- – and I wrote a lot of them down. Um, and, again, I went back and there – oof, there's a lot of stuff in here that could be of benefit to people – so I cleaned all this up, and what these are are short meditative um, words on life, because I was still, um, I'm still always questioning life, you know that. <laughs> um, and so it's an overview, and like I said, and it's Jesus, and asking us to be aware, look around you, I'm here, I'm here, but you're not seeing me. Um so it's meditative and uh, med- mindful meditative thoughts on life. Okay, so that's that's so this is your conversation that you had uh, with with Christ, and it, it's, it's you're the third, second, or third person who, when they devote themselves to meditating, these messages uh, will come through. Because I was meditating once, and and this was a time I was dealing with a lot of struggle. I wanted something to happen. I felt stuck. And this probably was about eight years ago, but seven or eight years ago, maybe even a little longer. But I remember I was meditating with this spinning wheel, and all of a sudden, what came through was the art of allowing and a course in miracles, which I I read that book. But that, I never even heard of those books until that came through. So I I can see how sometimes those those messages, or if you like you said, you have a dream and you just wake up and you know this dream is very very important. What what so so the talk now? What is soul development, Teresa, and why is that needed, especially if we were created perfect? Uh, it, we're created perfect, like in, are you referring to like the image and likeness of God? Is that what you mean? Yes. Or uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, but okay. So we're in the image and likeness of God, but we come down here to. Uh, experience specific um, things in life and it's not everything all at once and what that is doing is we are grow once we experience it and just make it a hello I think I lost I think I lost uh, lost Teresa she dropped Hopefully, Teresa will be dialing back in um, for our listeners. She just dropped the line. We don't know what that means. Uh, who knows? It's, this show is about angels. So I don't know. If, was she going to say something that maybe I or somebody else didn't want to hear? I don't know. But um, she just dropped it. Hopefully, she will dial back in. Hopefully, she'll realize she's no longer connected. And we'll dial back in. I'm going to see if I can send her an email. But for the, just to reiterate some of the things she's saying, we do want, um, we want guidance. The, the the gentleman in the pursuit of happiness who wrote that book, and and the book is so much more than the uh, the movie. But she's back on. Let's let's get Teresa back on connected. Uh, you the line just dropped. I said, did I? Was she getting ready to say something I didn't want to hear or a listener didn't want to hear? The line the line just dropped when you were going into answering what is soul development and why is it needed. Teresa? Teresa? Hello? All right, that's odd. This is, uh, let's try again. Hello, Teresa. Yes, I don't know Teresa. what happened. I got cut off. Yeah, this the is line, Teresa. I, oh, and the, yeah, in our studio, I could see the line had dropped. I said to our listeners, "Was she gonna say something that somebody, me or somebody else, didn't want to hear?" I don't know, but the line just dropped twice. Uh, and oh, heard, okay. So what? What is? Yeah, I'm back is, on now. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't either. You were telling us. What is soul development and why is it needed? Okay, so, yeah, like I said, soul development is uh, is basically moving 
the main goal of soul development is to move the soul closer to God. It's a it's a process. So um, we are here to experience different events, situations in life, and as you receive them and work through them, um, and you are improving your soul so that when you move go to the other side, you are progressing closer and closer to God. The soul development is very, very important. And so then that makes it, so we may not do all the work to getting back to that oneness that Christ talked about, that oneness we got here. I always believed that how I leave here was going to impact how I start my next part of my journey, so to, to do the best here. So it would be prudent for us to seek guidance from heaven and oh, absolutely. and to to follow that guidance. But then again, that goes to, and maybe this is some, a benefit the show will give somebody, there are people I know who believe the greater the struggle, I mean, just staying in a bad situation, whether it's domestic violence or somewhere the kids are being abused, some people really feel find value in that. They think that we sh- we're supposed to struggle and be sick and poor in this world, and that that gains us heaven. I don't agree with that view, but I there are people who do. So it's good when you said part of angel guidance. No, you shouldn't feel like you're constantly afflicted. Uh, no, you're no, here, you think. you're experiencing it, but you are to move through that experience and not stay in it. You know, saying you know all oh, this is you know beating your heart and say this will you know get me to heaven. It was like, no, you experience it, you recognize it as uh, as a soul development. Okay, I recognize it, dear God, dear angels, and so what's next? Move me through this and move me on. And you don't stay in it. No, you don't spend your whole life suffering and things like that. Um, but uh, a lot of, like, children that are, I think children really show us the most of um, accepting what life has handed them, especially the ones that are born that may be crippled or cancer. And they are smiling. They're showing you this is what, I have, this is what I've received, but I can still function. I'm okay without, you know, with, with this. And uh, like children with cancer, it just, I just love to see the smiles on their face. I'm there. That's it. They've accepted the cancer and they usually move through it. And, um, and they might be here to show us, you know, their purpose on earth might be to show us, how we are, you know, the ones that are really suffering and saying, oh, woe is me. It was like, no, accept it, move on, and and like, and move on with life. But um, you, you don't... Yeah, the same for you know, Domestic violence and stuff like that, no. You, you experience it, you move on, you get out. Yeah, and the same like for children. I think the worst for children is to be emotionally, psychologically, or sexually abused because that... They've, they've, they, you've got a lot of support when you have generally a disease as a kid. You don't get much support when you get beat up as a kid or starved or emotionally abused. There ain't too much support for that. So no, no, there's not. Really but and hopefully awareness. We have to bring awareness to that. Um, and the children who, and I think more adults who were abused as children are finally recognizing it and and bringing awareness to it to that so you're absolutely right but for the child to get through abuse as a child that i mean it is absolutely horrible um but if they're making it and their their role might be to bring awareness and and to stop that from occurring so it's there's so much life. There's so many angles, Denise. It's absolutely incredible. Yes. Now, are the twelve stories that are shared and hear their voices? Are these based on real life experiences that you had? If not, whose experiences are the stories in the book hear their voices based on? Um, they are not 
real life experiences that I, you know, interviewed anyone for. And the interesting thing in my angel books are the angels are the ones telling the stories. So, um, so it's the angels' point of view. So they're telling the story from their point of view to give you a different perspective on life from their point of view instead of the human part of view, point of view. Ah, okay, okay. And these are real experiences that happen to other people. Now, how long did it take you to write, hear their voices? And what is that process? You were you were talking earlier a little bit about when you sit down to write and you're writing a book, and it's, are these messages coming through while you're writing? Did they come through before you wrote the book? You wrote them on a notepad, then you typed them. How how is it, how does this process work when it comes to actually creating the book and you're hearing these messages? Basically, they come to me as I sit down and and write. Um, I get the feeling that messages are coming and they want me to write. So I, I mean, pictures of the typewriter and and the pu- a pulling a pulling keeps coming. So I'll go down and I'll just sit and um, so I'll start the story down there and write at the computer. And uh, so I don't get short messages or anything that I scribble out on anything. Um, when it's for the book, I just go down and tell my husband, I says, I've, I've got to write. And he'll say, okay, so I'll go and uh, write. So I just sit there and listen. And um, before I start, I ask for protection that I receive the angels. Um, and only the angels will come in to give me their words. And I am open to receiving them. And then I just sit there, and then messages start, you know, words start coming, I guess you would say, in my mind, and I just start typing as much as I can. And I usually do it for about two to three hours. Um, after that, it, it's, it's real draining. So I, I just try to keep it and draining, meaning that I, I lose the concentration to, to hear them. So uh, I keep it at two to three hours of actual writing. Wow. And so this, you started hearing from angels just from uh, meditating. It's not like you had an accident or something and something impacted your brain, and that's when it when it started. I wanted to ask you next, how did you meet the angel Kadziel? Is Kadziel, Kadziel? like an angel that you get mm-hmm, in receipt. Let's see, their messages, I think, Kadziel is. She just... She just came to me. She was fun to to um, to listen to, and um, and write. And when I just started, I just received their messages. I had no idea what these these stories were going to be. And what I say about this book is this book, the receive their messages, starts on the other side, up in heaven, where the angels are preparing the souls for um, their special encounters down here um so it the angels introduce themselves at the beginning of each story and uh so katiel was my first one and very very easy and nice to work with um so i i like katiel okay (laughs) and i I didn't make anything up all these words i don't know anything about the stories at all all the words and um, every, everything comes from the angels, uh, not mine. And if you'll notice in the books, the the names of the characters and towns are um, all generic. It's the mother, the father, the sisters, the brothers. There are no names. The only names in the in both books are the names of the angels that are uh, involved in the stories. Now, I received their messages. It shared that. And this surprised me. It shared that we often don't return the love that God sends to the earth realm. So the first question I wanted to ask you was, are there other realms? There there could be. Um, I just, the, those words just came to me as to the earth realm. Um, and I just, from from my point of view, I would say yes because I don't believe the earth is the only uh, place of existence for souls. Now, it might be the only place of existence for 
the bodies and everything and life as we see it here, but there might be other places where the soul goes to for other developments and stuff. What they look like and stuff, I don't know. I mean, that, that's just like an, an educated guess. I'd have no okay. support for that, but I just I just feel it. And the, and the angels use that word earth realm, I think, several times. Okay. Why don't we return God's love uh, when we do want love? See, that's... That's the thing, like in A Course in Miracles, it talks about not so much a fall, but a separation, where we feel like we are separated. And in the world of illusion, which I'm told this is, it feels real, but in reality, it's not. So it it keeps focusing on wake up, wake up, wake up, that we're dreaming. And some of us are having nightmares, and some of us are having better dreams. So why, why don't we return God's love? When it's love, we keep asking for it. It's what we want. We obviously, I'm guessing, but we'd love to hear your answer. It's coming through as love, and we it doesn't come. We don't pick it up that way. You're you're, you're correct there. Return? It is coming through, but what it is is we're not receiving it. We're not opening up fully to receive His love and you know His helping hand. Um, so I think we. We ourselves are doing the blocking. Um, so to return love, it's it's our fault that, that we aren't doing it um, because we have prejudices and things built up that are blocking us. And so until you remove all them, and it's hard. It's really, really hard to remove, you know, prior, you know, uh, Higher thoughts and prejudices and things like that to to open up to actually receive and know uh, God's love and and when you do you are still being challenged by outside forces so then that causes right. self doubt yeah so. ah okay okay so so can you give an example of that uh, so God's trying to give give us love. And we don't even know know it, so it comes back to God. We didn't even take it. When you from your angels, did you did you get from them any examples of okay, God tried to love, and we literally didn't recognize it, so we didn't even take it. We didn't receive it. When a lot of good things come our way, we don't recognize them as as good things, um, so we don't take it. I guess. There's, I, I read a story, it was a saying, you know, God, God's helping hand or whatever, um, and it wasn't called that, but uh, the, a person was, um, I think, a, well, think of the hurricane, and in this story, the uh, somebody came by and knocked on the guy's door and said, you know, oh, you have to evacuate, yeah. get out, remember? <laughs> Yeah, and then finally oh, when... when you're like, okay, this is just an annoying salesperson, or oh, this is just somebody coming to bother right. me, and it's all help. Right, and that was yeah. God's love sending to rescue him, and then um, then the floods came, and they tried to get him out uh, in, in a boat, and he just says, no, God's going to come save me, and they went away, and yes. then he was up on the roof, and the helicopter was going to come, and he said, no, God's going to save me. Well, needless to say, the God died. Uh, and he said to God, um, why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent somebody at your door. I sent the boat. I sent the helicopter. So that's like refusing yeah. God's love. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're kind of blind example. in what you're looking for. You know, what 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 are you looking for when God sends his love? And he sends it in uh, many ways, you know, but we're not yeah. recognizing it and we're sending it away. You don't return my love. Wow. Yes, and then you say our prejudices, our own hard beliefs can also cause us, somebody comes to be our friend, and we say we're never going to be friends with people like that. So we turn the friendship away. So these are great, great, great examples. So we have to just keep doing that inner work. Teresa, Teresa, what a blessing. I would love to have you back on off the shelf. I was I don't even know if I got halfway through the questions I was going to ask you but want to want to thank you for what you shared and it is my hope and prayer 
and trust that somebody will listen to the show. Once it's in the archives, you can listen as many times as you want. Uh, And I did have more questions I wanted to ask, Teresa, but so you can be blessed. Maybe you will receive guidance in your own life. I'm speaking to our listeners. You might receive some guidance. You might be struggling with something very challenging right now and about ready to throw the towel in on your whole life. And maybe something that Teresa shared or that was said during the show will give you insight and you'll keep going and you might step into a marvelous, marvelous future. So we want to thank Teresa Orachia for being here with us. She's the author of the books, Receive Their Messages, Hear Their Voices, and Whispering Messages and uh she, somebody's going to be blessed from it So if you are blessed from today's show I encourage you to share it with other people It will be available in the archives after it finishes streaming So thank you to Teresa again And please visit her online She's online at T-H-E-R-E-S-A-M-O-R-E-C-C-H-I-A.com Again, it's Teresa O-R-E-C-C-H-I-A. If you came in late, you can you can hear it in its entirety after it finishes streaming. Go out and enjoy an incredible day. If you're in Florida, if you're anywhere in the Caribbean, any part of the world that's not just Hurricane Irma, what you're dealing with, any challenges, take care of yourself, love yourself, stay safe, and stay open to those love messages. See you back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. Remember, you are incredible. You're awesome. You're amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Teresa, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now.